With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. We're really trying to get the audio going, so give us a review. Whether you like us or not, we'll take the review. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 2-5. and five. Things are looking glim. Kenny Pickett, don't know what to think about that there, but there's a lot to talk about. It's a gorgeous day here in the Berg because, you know, win or lose, the sun's always shining. How are you <laughs> feeling, my friend? Feeling good, yeah. It's a nice day some hope when you're on this team i don't know like we talked about the kenny we talked about the kenny stuff and it's at the very least it's uh something to watch i guess i don't know they could have this team could have been bad with no direction and they're bad with a direction now i think so that's that's something right that is definitely something i like that you put it that way they're bad with a direction that's what it feels like it feels like this team, we but we've said that. We've said that from the jump that this team was not going to be good this season. If you put Kenny Pickett in, it wasn't going to change anything. They were still not going to be good this season. But just like you said, now there's a direction. Now there's, okay, well, at least Kenny's showing some grit. He's making mistakes. Let him make the mistakes now while they're not good. And then maybe mm-hmm. next season, they'll be fine. I think that was my biggest takeaway is Kenny. Kenny's bad right now. Kenny's not playing well but I didn't expect him to play well. And mm-hmm. I'd rather him play awful at this point in the season or at this point in his career than have waited it out with Mitch Trubisky. The Steelers finish with a losing record. And then you have to deal with seven picks and 12 quarters next season from Kenny Pickett, because then if people are calling for his job now, I couldn't even imagine what week four of next year would look like if this was his first four games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, yeah, it's easier to it's easier to chalk everything up to kind of rookie making his first few starts and mm-hmm. and all that. Um, yeah, and and I wrote this last night, but you know, let him take his licks now. You know, like this is this is as good as time any. Um, and he's, I don't know, he wasn't always going to be the. Uh, he wasn't wasn't always going to play the way he did against the Jets. You know, he's not going to face the Jets every week. The competition got got decidedly harder, and that's that the other thing. He jumped in to this starting role during the Steelers' hardest stretch of the season. 
yep. like jumped in right in the middle of it. Um, so you were already asking a lot of him, and I feel like he he handled it about as well as you could you could logically ask any rookie to handle that. But um, yeah, these these interceptions are starting to get a little concerning, and I, I thought last night was the first time he looked a little rattled, honestly, or a little intimidated by by the speed of the game, by the environment that he was in. Um, it was the first time I really thought he got like sped up by an opponent, you know? Yeah, I agree. But, but at the same time, the circumstance was much bigger than anything he's faced because he got mm-hmm. thrown in there at halftime of the Jets game. You don't really have time to react whatsoever. You can't think about anything at all. Plus, you're getting tossed in there at halftime, so the momentum's on your side. You got the fan base behind you. The offense is mm-hmm. flowing right from the jump. You know, there's a lot of emotion there. You go to Buffalo, nobody expected you to play well in Buffalo. And that was a, it was that was a bad game. Like there was nothing that you could take away from that game and say this was a positive. There was there was mm-hmm. nothing. Um then there's Tampa Bay that you leave in the third quarter, and you looked okay in the first quarter, but Tampa Bay might stink, so we don't know anything. And then you head to mm-hmm. primetime. So there was no buildup to this. There was no okay, it was a ton of emotion get your absolute butt handed to you in Buffalo on the road, suffer a concussion. So you don't even get a full game to like recoup from Buffalo. You don't even get to feel feel that emotion of a win. And then you're tossed into prime time against a good Miami dolphins team. And Mm -hmm. your offense looks exactly the same as it's looked like a lot of people are, trying to put this solely on Kenny Pickett and and don't get me wrong. Like you throw three interceptions and especially that one at the end was God awful, but, Mm -hmm. and and quite frankly, the third down pass was God awful too, but you have to look at everything that happened around that. There, there's so much the play calling atrocious. Once again, if Matt Canada's job is gotta be the, like that it's people, people talk a lot about, oh, well, he's got to have a deal or this guy's got to be holding something over this guy's head. We've hit the point where like Matt Canada has got to have some serious dirt on the Pittsburgh Steelers because there's absolutely no reason. I don't care if you're a respect thing. I don't care if this is not what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. If you care about your football team, Matt Canada shouldn't have a job as of Monday mm-hmm. afternoon. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even care. I'll go call plays. You Call Ben Roethlisberger. Tell him to just design plays on the run. I don't care. It's better than Matt Canada. Um, Najee Harris still isn't getting going. The offense dropped three interceptions. Like there was a lot that went into that loss. It was way more than Kenny Pickett, but you, you're right. Like you can't, you looked right. He looked rattled. He looked like the game was faster than it needed to be. But quite frankly, I'd rather him look rattled right now when the team's two and five, than at the beginning of next season, like I'm cool with the growing pains as a rookie. Let me ask this. I saw two completely ridiculous overreactions when it comes to Kenny Pickett. And one of them we've been hammering for months now. And that is he's 24 years old. He shouldn't have these pains. He's he's 24 years old. You got to start him now. He's ready to start right now. Maybe it's just me. But when did the NFL suddenly decide that if you're over the age of 22 years old, you're good at football. Doesn't matter if you've ever played in this league or not because quite frankly the the number 24 doesn't matter to me the only number that matters to me is 12 and that's the amount of quarters this kid's actually played in a football game yeah no i feel the exact same way like age 
the only reason people are saying that is because age is usually associated with experience and it's not yep. it's like not like yeah he's played a lot of college games you know he's been around he's played a lot of football he's not played a lot of nfl football and those are two completely different things um yeah that's a completely ridiculous way of looking at it um you could be you could be 30 years old but if you're playing your first year in the nfl it's not gonna go well no it's not and you played at Pitt. like like no offense to Pitt. the acc is what the acc is but it's not like it's not like he faced nfl talent every weekend for five years he faced a couple of really good teams for five years won some really big games but like you think about his biggest moments people want to say like Oh well, you know, primetime shouldn't uh, shouldn't have affected him. You know, you should have saw his performance in the ACC championship game. He played Wake Forest. He played Wake Forest in the AC. Tell me how many people from that Wake Forest team are now in the NFL making plays on Sunday Night Football? I bet you the number is pretty close to zero. And again, no hit on the ACC, but you know, there is nobody in college football that matches up to the Miami Dolphins. There's just right, there's just and that's nothing. even that's even at the best levels of college football. Like, yeah, exactly. You talk about how, how like low the percentage of people who make it to play college ball are. And then you like, you shrink that down even more for the number of people who get to play professional ball. Like again, even at the highest levels, even when it's Alabama versus Georgia, there are some of those guys that, that aren't going to sniff an NFL field. Um, starting There's off, a starting lot of them. Those What's games. the percentage? Yeah. It's like 1% of college athletes make it pro or something. Yeah, which is already 1% of all the high school athletes. Of the 3% is, of high school athletes that make it to college. Yeah, it's like, it's right. ridiculous. So, and mm-hmm. and then that ju- that's just to make it, let alone right. start a game for the Miami Dolphins on a mm-hmm. defense that's that's pretty good. I mean, they're, you got to look at their corners last night was – that that Noah, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name. Um, the, the dude who got the last pick. Yeah, with the la- yeah that guy. He mm-hmm. what? He's a first round pick three years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Only got into the starting lineup because they were dealing with injuries at cornerback. Like that's how good mm-hmm. you have to be in the NFL. So anybody who uses the oh he, he's got plenty of college experience, who cares? Who cares? Mm-hmm. He's got zero. He's got 12 quarters of experience with George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. 12 quarters mm-hmm. of experience working with Matt Canada as, a, as his offensive coordinator. 12 quarters of experience behind a new offensive line. 12 quarters of experience playing NFL-style defenses. And then goes into primetime against one of the fastest teams in the NFL. I don't care. He could be 30 years old. That number means mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to me but people are tossing it out there like 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 that's it like that's that's it if it's if he's 24 years old and he can't do it now my gosh i think (laughs) the other side of that are the people that are now suddenly calling for this is over tank for cj stroud you know maybe you put mitch back in there give mason rudolph a shot there's there's all of those people i saw the words i'm done with kenny pickett at least a hundred times on social media last night what were what were you expecting? Like, what was the yeah. expectation coming into this whole mess for a team that, when he entered, was one in one and two, one in three, and is now two and five? Like, th- this wasn't an undefeated team, and Kenny Pickett just made it really bad. This was a really right. bad team that added a rookie quarterback who's supposed to be really bad. 
Yeah, no. The the like the ex- expectation was never that he would he would be the savior, and I think that's just yeah, that's a completely unrealistic expectation for a guy making his first few NFL starts against again, like as brutal a uh, uh, a schedule and a stretch as the Steelers had in front of them. You know, Tampa Bay wasn't as good as as I think we all we all thought they were going to be, but still, that's like. Yeah, that's just unrealistic expectations. And again, I think we've talked about this before, but just like this is it's something that Steelers fans do a lot is that they kind of have that expectation to win constantly, win all the time, win at the same level that they have been. And the reality is that this is just not those teams that you've become accustomed to watching. This is just not one of them. Um, And I guess this is unfamiliar territory, but you got to deal with it. This team's not very good and it's going to got to get worse before it gets better. Exactly. It is it is so frustrating to try to explain to people who have been spoiled. Like, don't get me wrong. I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. If if I didn't have this career path and I wasn't in the situation I was in, I would be probably be looking at this a totally different way than most as most people are. But the Steelers and Steelers fans have been spoiled beyond belief with the amount of success that they've had in the last 20 years. It's that's unheard of in the NFL people don't don't do that and to hold that standard and to say and to say things like the standard is the standard we shouldn't be no the standard is the standard until your team is in rebuild mode and then you're trying to rebuild back to the standard in the last five years you've lost six or seven pro bowl guys your entire offensive line you've gone through three running backs you have a brand new wide receiver core you have a new quarterback you just replaced your hall of fame quarterback your defense has lost the best player it's had in 20 years outside of that there's only one guy on this defense who was here five years ago this is rebuild mode for the pittsburgh steelers this is this is a team that should stink that should finish in the top 10 of the nfl draft and should carry on and Anybody who's looking at this going, well, Kenny Pickett should have saved this and blah, blah, blah. You ignored every other problem with this team. Because think about it like this. Even if he didn't throw those intercept, or throw those interceptions, at worst, you're getting a field goal on the third and 16. So you're going to go, you're going to 13 to six. And maybe you score on that final drive. So you win 20 to 16. That might that might beat the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night, but that is not going to beat Josh Allen. That is not going to beat Patrick Mahomes. That's not going to beat Lamar Jackson. Chances are that's not going to beat the New York Jets this season. That's not going to beat so many te- Joe Burrow, who is now red hot. It's not going to beat probably Deshaun Watson once he gets going. Like it's just you're beating the Miami Dolphins, cool, but it, it, it's a bad win. Like that's a really really bad win in my opinion. Yeah, um, it's just this. Uh, I don't know. This is just gonna take work. This is gonna take a long time. Like Lots you're, you're so young, and like, I don't know. You don't, you don't build something like this overnight. You don't create a winner again out of nothing overnight. Um, you know, there, there are pieces there, but like, you know, the this the standard is the standard is a nice thing for the players and the coaches to say to one another, but if you're a fan kind of holding your attaching yourself to that mentality, you are, you are setting yourself up for disappointment and you are going to be, you're going to be upset at what this team gives you. So I would, you know, for your own, for your own well being, for your own like 
emotional well-being watching this team every week. Don't don't expect them to like to be the same team that you watched for the past 20 years because they won't they won't be that team. They will not be that. They're not even going to be anywhere near that team. This is if you can. And that's fine. Two and five. That's totally. And that's fine. fine. That's fine. That's not. It's not the worst thing in the world to. To stink for a little bit, get some better talent, and then take another run at it. Like that's not the worst thing in the world. That's the thing. If the if the expectation is, oh well, we got to make it to the playoffs. You're never going to win a Super Bowl again, ever. If you take a couple years and stink, build a team around TJ Watt, around Minka Fitzpatrick, around Kenny Pickett, around Najee Harris, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, think about how good this team could be. Like there are the building blocks in place. The problem is, is that there's five building blocks. One of them's on IR, and the most important ones on IR, and mm. the other ones are the other most important ones are rookie who's played 12 quarters of football. This team should stink. It's okay to stink because if you stink now, you'll be good later. And people just, they have such a hard time getting that through their head. And it's, Mm -hmm. you got to live with that because if you could put up with it for 17 weeks of football, the return on that is so worth it for any team, for any team out there. And the Steelers aren't the only ones going through it. Think about the good teams in the NFL right now. The, The Bengals stunk for so long. You know, the Jets finally turning it around and, you know, feel bad for Brees Hall, but finally turning it around, looking like a good team. The Miami Dolphins have stunk for so, so long. Like, there's just so many teams out there that you're just like. That embrace this process and, like, embrace, embrace like, like, ups and downs of, like, being in a professional sports league in the NFL. Like, that's, that's the point of having a draft that's determined by, you know, the worst the the worst team by record gets the first pick like that is it's intentional that's just how the league works and you gotta you can't think you're above that exactly and with all the pieces that they need to finish in the top 10 of the draft this season would be a blessing you know it would mm-hmm. it would hurt mike tomlin's resume but i do not care because if you get a superstar to add to your list of growing superstars you're you're on a you're on a, the right path no mm-hmm. doubt all right, th- there were some good that I want to I want to talk about from the game last night, plus the direction of this team, what our expectations were for the rest of it. But first, we got a word from our boys over at Manscaped. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, Even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. Whether you're brand new or already with us at Manscaped, you could use the crown jewel for your family jewels, the Platinum Package 4.0. With this glorious package, you could align your entire hygiene routine all in one swoop. Inside the 10-part Platinum Package, is everything you know and love about the performance package, plus some shower goodies included to elevate your grooming game to platinum. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof, so you can keep scaping even as the weather's changing. In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. 
Don't forget to apply their aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. And don't worry, it's not pumpkin spice. It's a cologne-quality fragrance. But we shouldn't have a signature scent just for our pits. Use the Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to make sure your go-to smell is top shelf and not sweaty balls. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Platinum Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag, both specially made to hold your goodies. Get the Platinum Package this fall. These products are guaranteed to be hits for your dangly bits. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code STEALERS20. Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunks. Time to shine. All right. Despite a loss, there is some good, you know, and, and you could even look at Kenny Pickett as part of the good from the game in Miami. You know, not all good. I think that there's still some very glaring disappointments with this team. And I think that's highlighted by Matt Canada. The fact that in my opinion, George Pickens was a positive in this game and should have been much more of a positive, but for some reason he just disappeared in the third quarter was nowhere to be found. And everything around that made me say, George Pickens could be a dude who could have a hundred plus yard game consistently for weeks on end if the Steelers play him correctly that was definitely a positive that I took away from that game yeah I'd absolutely agree um they need to find a ways to they need to find ways to get him some more big gains um like you can't it is it is hard to get him to that point that you know 100 yards a game kind of kind of benchmark that I think he can reach on you know he had six targets for for I think 61 yards or whatever yeah, yesterday yards and touchdown. You you kind of need some more. It needs to be a little bit more explosive than that because you're not going to be able to target him ten times a game reliably. Um, that's just if you're if you're zoning in on one guy that frequently, it's gonna it's not gonna it's not gonna end well. People are gonna pick up on that pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, no Pickens. Pickens absolutely was, and I think the biggest thing is the the chemistry that he's developing with Kenny Pickett. That's in your ideal. In your ideal scenario in your head, those two are playing together for a long time. So to watch that, watch that connection grow really early is, is I think a really good, a really big positive as well. Yeah, no doubt. And Deontay Johnson got involved. Pat Fryermuth got involved. Like there were parts of this offense that you felt very positive about. And then there were parts that you were like, oh man, what's going on? And I think like there are other positives. Like I think Kenny Pickett showed poise on that last drive up until the interception like he he looked he looked like the game was moving faster than he could handle but he looked like he was built to handle the situation like he mm-hmm. looked as if okay look at I get that I am outmatched here but I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to try to win this football game I, I took that away as a good one for Kenny Pickett I thought the defense played well overall you come up with three interceptions this is a totally different game you got to get your hands on those but you know, maybe outside of Levi Wallace, I thought everybody looked good on the defense. They put pressure on Tua and they stopped two guys that they should not have stopped outside of, you know, the fact that the middle of the field was ridiculous. But those halftime adjustments, I thought were, ve- were very good. Yeah, halftime, like second quarter adjustments, like, the, you know, they scored 13 of their 16 points in the first quarter. Yeah, the, the, this defense was going against 
uh, a team that was miles more athletic than them, faster than them. Um, but I give so much credit to the defensive coaching staff. They had they had their guys in position on just about every play, um, you know, mm-hmm. for the final three quarters. Um, like you said, those three dropped interceptions, like that's proof that everyone was where they needed to be. And if you just – you complete the easiest part of those interceptions, which is – just catching, catching them with your hands, ball. like getting a position is the hardest part to is the hardest part of that. Like knowing where the ball is going to go and being able to step in front of it. That's the hardest part. Catching it is the easy part. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at that in two ways. You can either look at that as encouraging or look at that as discouraging as though, you know, like even when we're in position, we can't make those plays. But, um, but I took it as a positive, like that's a, you know, that those mistakes are fixable and, I, I was really impressed with how the defense played against uh, a defense that they really had no business or an offense that they had no business kind of going toe to toe with the way they did. Yeah, I agree. Especially after the beginning, like once you saw how explosive Miami's offense really was, you were like, Oh, there's no way the Steelers defense is going to be able to compete with these guys. There's none because they're not fast enough. Like the Steelers defense is the most unathletic group of human beings in the NFL. Probably that's just not how they're designed. But like you said, the halftime adjustments were real. I thought that they played well in that second half. I thought a lot of people played well in the second half overall. I just thought that the Steelers went into halftime and and made the right adjustments, again, outside of Matt Canada. I'm not going to give Matt Canada credit at all for anything that he does until he proves me wrong. But at this point, I'm so sold on the fact that this guy is – just so outmatched by everybody in the NFL. It's it's ridiculous, and you, you just can't beat it. All right, maybe there's not a ton of positives, but I wanted to address some of them. Before we head out of here, I want to talk about the direction of this team. They're 2-5. and five. They got one game before the bye. I think we could both chalk up, uh, chalk up Philadelphia as an L. I just mm-hmm. don't think that it's realistic to say they're going to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia especially when Philadelphia is flying as high as they are right now. That city is on fire. I'm a little excited, Mm -hmm. but yet at the same time, extremely nervous about heading there next Sunday. Um, I got a brother and a sister that live out there and both of them called me last night and they're like, dude, this place is insane. And I was like, yes, yes, please, please be careful. Don't do anything that you, you know, don't be climbing poles. Mm -hmm. No need to be climbing poles. Um, After that, they head to the bye. Then they enter a much easier part of their schedule. Do you see at any point that this becomes a turnaround or is there a very low ceiling on the Pittsburgh Steelers somewhere around five, six wins? Yeah, I think there's a low ceiling. Um, I think there will be, I think they will be much more competitive over these last, you know, the second half of the year. Um, No, no one on that. I'm looking at the schedule right now. No one on it is unbeatable. Um, after the bye, like there's no one that they will be decidedly overmatched by. You could maybe say Cincinnati, uh, just given the way they're playing right now. Um, they don't look like the same team that they played in week one. Um, but yeah, th- there's like, there's two, three, four more wins on that schedule. Maybe. Um, yeah. I'd like it's not three. It's, it's going to be a much more entertaining half of the year. I think a little bit more encouraging. I think this is where you kind of hit the point where you're looking for from your rookies, from from your young guys, from this team that you're that you're kind of handing the 
you're kind of handing the keys over to the youth movement a little bit. And I think the second half of the year is when you're going to start to see the potential really materialize in a win or two, as opposed to just a good half or a good quarter or a good three quarters or something like that. You are going to see a few, at least I'm not, I can't, you know, say for sure how many, but some better full game efforts that can result in a W. Yeah, I agree. You look at the saints, a possible win, the Colts, a possible win, the Falcons, a possible win, the Panthers, the Raiders, Mm -hmm. maybe a Cleveland game. Um, Yeah depending on how Deshaun Watson steps in here, but you're right. There, there's definitely upside to the season. I just don't, what's too much upside. Like, what do you, what, what do the Steelers have to do before you're like, man, you just, you pushed it too far. Now you're picking 13th, 14th. Your picks pretty much just an average guy again. And you know, you had a real opportunity to get a superstar. Like where, where is that bar? Cause it, in my head, it's six wins. If you go over six wins and you finish the season, like seven and nine, you're right in the middle of the pack, especially this season. And you're I, in, in my head, that's a wasted year. Like you stunk for no reason whatsoever. You might as well just win five games and get the seventh, eighth pick in the draft. Yeah, I was I was thinking kind of the same thing. Um, they have two wins right now, and I see mm-hmm. kind of three more. That you know, New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina seem like those three that you should really go after. Um, anything beyond that seems, again, not not useless. Winning is never useless, but um, you know, I feel like you'd rather you'd rather have a pick have a, have a higher pick than, uh, you know, go what go what eight and eight eight and nine or whatever um like you'd rather like pushing for the playoffs at this point i I don't think that should be their priority nope and it's going to be their priority they're never going to walk into a game just like no one should ever walk into a game saying man i hope we lose but from the outside perspective you should be looking at this going every loss is a win from here on out get as close to that first pick as humanly possible (laughs) Add some really top tier talent through the draft, because if you have a top 10 pick, you're not just getting a quality guy in the first round. You're getting a quality guy in the second round, and then you're getting a pretty good guy in the third round. And then by the fourth round, you're pretty much still in the third round. So you could get one of those stragglers. That's four quality picks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you pick 15th, by the time you're around that third round, you're looking at the total other way. You're like, well, at that point, you're like almost in the fourth round. You know, you're getting two guys. The second guy isn't as good as as what it could have been. You know, like Nick Chubb's a second round pick, an early second round pick, but a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Like you could you could come up with a guy like that. You're not always gonna find a George Pickens at 52. So I think that you you have to look at it like, man, if, if they can land a top 10 pick and nobody wants to hear that, everybody's gonna get real mad at us talking about this. But if you go land a top 10 pick, that's a that's a win that's a win this season. You know, if Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett could by the end of the season. If Kenny Pickett throws more touchdowns than interceptions this year and Najee Harris finds his footing and you learn something about the offensive line, you learn something about your wide receivers, you decide whether or not you want to keep Chase Claypool and maybe you see like a guy like Terrell Edmonds and Miles Jack, which I both think have already done this, kind of prove like, hey, we're worthy of new contracts. I think you move forward and you say like 
that's some that's a good year. Like we did what we needed to do in a rebuild. We got the building blocks. We set a foundation. Add a couple of top tier talents next season. Maybe you win a couple more games, and then the year after that, you might be ready to go on a run. Like you, two years, mm -hmm. you got a lot of guys that are developed, and I think you just look at it and go, "We did, we did enough. They did enough." And I think that right now, that's a win to me. If the Steelers could could finish out the season with a couple of answers, and then have the ability to draft a couple of really top tier guys. I mean, the future looks a lot brighter than it does right now. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. And just really learn, really learn what you need. Just learn, yes. learn what you need. Um, that's, that's like, I think the biggest task is you're, you're likely going to have one of those top, top tier picks. So figure out what you want to use it on and what you need to use it on. What you need to use it on. Exactly. Don't be just grabbing. That's the problem with the end of the first round is you're just getting whoever's there. Nope. Get what you need. Get a quality level talent and what you need. Fill a hole truly for the next five years and begin begin to build on the foundation that they already have. No doubt. All right, guys, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, go use our promo code at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. I'll be back with a live stream tomorrow on YouTube, and then me and Steven will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace. <laughs>